The Lessons Learned for Vets podcast is proud to be brought to you by AFMA, the American Armed Forces Mutual Aid Association. Established in 1879, they are the longest standing nonprofit association empowering military families with affordable financial solutions for generations. Offering life insurance, wealth management, mortgages, survivor assistance, and other benefits, AFMA is here to support you through every stage of life. AFMA is dedicated to helping service members be financially and logistically ready for life after the military. To support you in this process, AFMA would like to offer you their free downloadable transition timeline, a step-by-step guide to help you create a comprehensive military transition plan. Let AFMA help you get ready for your next step by visiting afma.com backslash LL4V. That's A-A-F-M-A-A.com slash LL, the number four, V or clicking the link in the show notes. Hey guys, welcome to the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast, your military transition debrief from the veteran mentors who have gone before you. My name is Lori Norris, and I've been teaching veterans how to successfully navigate their military transition since 2005. I'm bilingual, but instead of a foreign language, I'm a civilian who speaks the language of all branches of the U.S. military. I've used this unique skill to help thousands of veterans, and today I want to help you navigate the hidden opportunities and unseen risks you may face during your own transition from the military. This is the Lessons Learned for Vets podcast. Even if you take it slow, starting two or three years ahead of time can put a person ahead where they're not starting from scratch. I didn't save for the business. I think I took for granted the steep learning curve that I ended up, especially as a motivational speaker, because for your first year, majority of the speaking events are going to be for free. You got to build a name for yourself, right? Exactly. You're building a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's just preparing for that. Today, I would like to welcome Jennifer Foxworthy. Jennifer served in the United States Navy for 21 years, where for 14 and a half years as an air crewman, she flew missions on three different aircraft platforms and combat missions in support of three different wars. She was the first African-American female air crewman and the first female in-flight technician during her squadron tours. In 2011, her military career focus changed as she became a certified alcohol and drug counselor. Since retiring from the Navy in April of 2013, she has launched a career as a motivational speaker and corporate trainer. She is the founder of Inspirationally Speaking, as well as the Unstoppable You Ministries nonprofit, where she seeks to inspire and empower men and women to have whole, healthy lives through education and training. In addition, she's passionate about providing resources to combat domestic violence, human trafficking, and homelessness. In this episode, Jennifer gives us a realistic, honest view of the challenges she has faced as an entrepreneur and offers some resources for any fellow veterans who are considering that path. I also hope you'll pay close attention to Jennifer's views on self-care 
and how important that is to preparing yourself for a successful transition process. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. It's great to have you today. Thank you so, so much, Lori. I appreciate being here. So in your bio, we showcased how you made some big pivots in your career. And it seems like your most recent career change from a certified alcohol and drug counselor in the Navy that that led you into motivational speaking, right? And it's really kind of all about following your passion, what you're most passionate about. So how did you discover that was what you wanted to focus on in your post-military career? I just had a passion. Um, I'm an extrovert, so I love people. And I love helping people rise above their current circumstances. And so really, I focus on identifying what those internal and external barriers may be, and then helping them um, figure out a strategy to move forward. And I really believe that I draw on my past job being in the military using my leadership skills, my motivational skills, but those skills that I learned as a drug and alcohol counselor, that's motivational interviewing, that's using psychosocial tools. And so that's what I use to help people see beyond their current reality. Now, I remember you told me a story about the first time you ever spoke in front of a group. Do you want to share that with us? You were still in the Navy at that time, right? I was still in the Navy. It was 2005. It was an African-American celebration that um, the diversity committee was planning at a base that I was stationed at. And the leader um, was one person shy. And he turned to me and he said, you know, called me my maiden name at the time, Dowry. can you help us out? Can you fill in? And again, I'm an extrovert, but I've never spoken in front of a large crowd, but I prepared and used some personal anecdotes as well as spoke on the person that I was supposed to highlight. And there was about a hundred people at this event. And I was the only speaker who received a standing ovation. And that, it just blew my mind, Lori, that There was something that I was saying people were holding on to, but what really sealed the deal when I was invited down to Inglewood Community Adult School down in California um, by the uh, vice principal at the time and to speak to those children who are riddled with gang violence, to let them know that they can be more than what their current situation says that they're only supposed to be, you know, people like putting limitations on people and using my voice and my story, it changed the trajectory of many of those students' lives. Matter of fact, I found out later that three um, African-American boys joined in service, the Navy, because of me and the hugs and the tears of thank you um, it meant so much. It was extraordinary. So that's how I got on this path. That's great. Now, the safe path, you had a great background where you could have gone to work at Boeing or Raytheon or, and you passed that up, right? You said, no, I'm going to follow my heart. Yes. That takes a lot of courage. Agreed? I Absolutely. Because it's not uh, considered a popular route 
with all the skill sets that I have. What would you say to someone who is thinking about doing that same thing, who a veteran who says, gosh, I know I could go get easy money if I went to work for a defense contractor. I'm not sure if I'd like it or not, but that would be easy money. What would you say to that person? I would tell them to follow their heart that their job, when they are walking boldly in their purpose, their job should be a joy. And that's what speaking gives me. It's a joy to see the transition or the aha, the light goes off in someone's head when they're listening to something that I'm saying. So whatever that is for the the veteran who's contemplating a career different than what they have um, experienced in the service, I would say go with that. That passion will drive you and put a smile on your face instead of dreading, oh, I got to get up, go to work. Oh, I want a day off. I don't feel that way. And yes, it may be a tough, you know, marketing myself and, and it's unconventional. But when I do get speaking opportunities and someone shares a recommendation or a comment, that's it. That, that pours, that fills my cup, Lori. It fills my cup and I'm like, okay, I'm making a difference. That's your fuel to keep going, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Now, if we think back to your transition back in 2013 is when you left the Navy, right? So what would you say caught you by surprise? What, what was your biggest challenge in that transition process? I think the biggest challenge that I had transitioning from veteran or military, active duty military to being a civilian was the culture. Um, As military, we are the honor, courage, and commitment. Those are Navy Corps values. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows their part. We do it. And that way it accomplishes the mission. It's it's like an unspoken expectation. And then serving for so long, 21.7 years, I didn't have that network of business people. My network was military people. So I didn't know um, really how to start a business and what it takes and um, resources. I had to research and learn these things on my own and many times hitting some brick walls or finding some things out later on that I'm like, oh, good gracious, this would have been great to know from the very beginning. So when it came to event organizing, I did not have that civilian network or resources. So it was starting from scratch. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Do you think it would have been helpful had you maybe reached out and found some mentors in that, maybe that last year of service, people that you could have asked questions of, would that have been helpful to you? It would definitely be um, wonderful to, if the Fleet and Family Support Center or whoever does those transitional programs for the military to Mm -hmm. ask the participants, hey, if you're thinking of starting a business, because not, you know, they offer resume writing classes and different things like that. But I'm like, I'm not writing a resume. I might be writing a business plan, a marketing plan as a a budding entrepreneur. What are those resources? And so I then found out about the Small Business Development Center, um, which is a free resource, and they have consultants that help guide you. 
but also getting into networking. Again, I didn't know any of those resources. It was just a matter of just research, you know, Googling. <laughs> I got a PhD yeah. in Google. <laughs> so that's if you had to say like how you found your way to being an entrepreneur, be Google. Yeah, you just got creative, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And not everything works, you know, the way that you hope and but as a business owner, it just builds that resilience and it's learning lessons. So now, matter of fact, Lori, over the years, I have people who come out of the service who reach out to me or even just civilians who are wanting a different career path reach out to me and say, Jennifer, how did you get started? Or um, do you have any recommendations? Yep. And I definitely, I helped them. I think that's great. And you're open to being that mentor for someone. So I know that they do have a small business ownership path uh, in the TAP program now. Um, You know, I know it's grown some, but I think it is important to understand that, you know, just going in right into employment is not going to be the first choice for everyone. You know, college isn't great for every kid. Right. You know, not everybody wants to go into work in corporate America. And I, mm-hmm. I think that if I had to pick two words, I think apply to veterans, like resourceful and resilient. Yes. And I think that's part of being an entrepreneur, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so. that was part of my journey and, and not being afraid to, to pivot or to say, hey, you know, this didn't work out. And I'm just going to throw my marbles in and I'm giving up. No, it's okay. This didn't work out. Let me see what does. And like you said, getting those mentors, um, diving into those networking organizations um, and building that uh, net social media network because some, so you know somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that has the answer. What, what social media do you focus on mostly in your growth, in your business? I, I, I receive many clients through Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay, those are your I main two. I think that is LinkedIn, definitely. Um, although I have a Twitter account, I'm not big on Twitter. It's very tough because I'm a dual business owner and I have a for-profit and a non-profit and I have multiple accounts, social media accounts on those for those two businesses. So it can definitely be daunting trying to keep up um, on so many social media. So I try to focus LinkedIn, Facebook, and def, you know try to throw in some Instagram. Okay. So you know the kind of the premise of the podcast is to help answer some questions before the transition process occurs. And I feel like once we get answers to questions, it helps us alleviate some fears, right? So let's talk about your fears. As you prepared to transition from a 21.7 year career in the Navy into something new and unknown, like what were the fears that you were facing? Um, The financial, you know, how how do I pull this off? Um, Being active duty, I knew that I was getting two paychecks a month. I worked my way up to a chief petty officer or E7. So that had some clout. 
and now, you know, becoming a civilian, nobody knows Jennifer Foxworthy. <laughs> so it's starting over again. I can't use my military pay grade to bark at somebody to say, hey, give me this. You know, the anxiety, depression, or any type of disability, you know, mental, emotional, physical disabilities that we carry from the military, we carry into the civilian world as well. So I have to be mindful of anything that I'm projecting or saying. The fear of this is my passion. How do I make this work on a paycheck that is basically cut into three-fourths? <laughs> right. Yeah. So how long would you say it took you to make a healthy profit in your business? You've, you've been in business least... since 2013, right? Right. So about okay. so I've been in business officially for seven years. I would say around the four-year mark is when I started seeing the paying jobs because and as a motivational speaker it's an unconventional industry right it's that self-help industry is it's a multi-billion dollar industry but it's very competitive and so that's another fear how do i make myself unique how do i stand out without selling my soul to do so right and I don't want this to be an expensive hobby. So how do I know when, you know what, Jennifer, you gave it your best shot, but you may have to look at something different. So those are definitely fears and things that I've had to navigate um, during these, these seven years. Um, pray, I'm grateful that I do have a retirement check and disability to lean on. So that way, when things are slow, like this year, I had a several speaking events lined up, but then COVID-19 kind of punched yep. me in the, in the face, just like it punched a lot else. of us in the face. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to do over. I'm like, no, this was the year of vision. But I have, re I have received a lot of insight and growth. Needless to say, it's just how, how do you make it work and, and, stay competitive and what does that look like right what do you have any resources that you recommend or even maybe that you offer that can assist veterans who are looking to start their own business I can definitely especially for a, a, a nominal fee um, if they can afford it I can definitely guide veterans and by giving them my advice my experience um, my consulting um, there's the Veterans to Industry Organization. Mm -hmm. um, they have a lot of veteran resources. I definitely would recommend the Small Business Development Center as a jump off or a springboard. Mm -hmm. There is the Veteran Business Owner, where it basically is a listing of veteran businesses okay. where you can, um, on their site, um, I think I have their badge on my website, Inspirationally Speaking, LLC. Um, so there are various ones out there. There's probably more that I'm not aware of or just can't think of at this moment. But those would be the ones that I could recommend. And then using LinkedIn. Um, you can't go wrong with LinkedIn because there's a lot of veterans on there right. who 
are willing to support. Okay, great. Now, if I remember correctly, at your website, uh, inspirationallyspeaking.com, which we'll link to in the show notes, you have lots of videos on there that people could watch about adversity, resilience, overcoming challenges, correct? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. So they can reach out to you also through your website, um, just some, some guidance and information. So, okay. If you look back to your transition, you know, we always hindsight, right? So if we look back and say, I wish I could do this differently, what would you do differently if you could go back and do it again? I wish I would have started planning my transition as a motivational speaker or business owner probably three, at least two to three years prior to getting out, mm-hmm. you know, putting that business plan together, growing those networks. Toastmasters International has been a pivotal, pivotal for me. Mm-hmm. So I wish I would have started that a couple years prior. Um, but again, it's all about priorities. When you're in the service, all you can think of is that job, doing it well, and just trying to maintain your sanity. And then if you have a family, so you're already juggling that work-life balance in the service. But again, it's about priorities. And even if you take it slow, starting two or three years ahead of time can put a person ahead where they're not starting from scratch. I didn't save for the business. I think I took for granted the steep learning curve that I ended up, especially as a motivational speaker, because for your first year, majority of the speaking events are going to be for free. You to build a name for yourself, right? Exactly. You're building a name for yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's just preparing for that. You talked about work-life balance right? And trying to find that work-life balance. And I I agree with you that if you start sooner, you know, three years out, then maybe you only have to dedicate an hour or two a week, right? Mm -hmm. If you wait till you're six months out, then you got to put, you know, 40 hours a week to it, you know, it's just like that urgency comes into play. So the the Mm -hmm. longer you wait to start, the more time you're going to have to dedicate to building that brand and that then your work-life balance kind of gets shot. Right. Right. Yeah. How, how did you learn to establish that work-life balance? Like, how has that come to you? I didn't even realize that that was a phrase until maybe last year (laughs) to tell you the truth, (laughs) because I'm so used to being in the military. You're on a speed of 100. You know, you just know the mission has to get done. And certain things then get sacrificed. And I believe that's why in the military, divorce rate is so high. Um, The PTSD, the depression, the anxiety, we carry all those um, issues on us. We wear a mask, so you really don't know because again, the mission comes first. But again, something is getting sacrificed. And normally it's the child, our family, our health. Mm-hmm. And that's where now as a civilian, okay, self-care needs to be implemented. And in order to have self-care, I need to have the courage to be self-aware. And that's how we create the work-life balance. 
And that's something important for veterans to know your health is so key. There isn't a job if you're not taking care of yourself. Right. And there, there, maybe there isn't a job and then there isn't the life. Right. right? Absolutely. <laughs> the life Absolutely. outside of it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So earlier you mentioned self-care. Yes. What, what could self-care look like for someone who's still wearing a uniform? How would you recommend they go about taking care of themselves, both their physical and their mental health, so that when they do leave the military, they are able to have, continue to have that work-life balance or maybe start their work-life balance? Awesome. Lori, I believe that there's at least six categories dealing with self-care. So for a professional, I would tell the veteran, if you have vacation days, take them. Don't waste them. Don't have them on the books all the way up until the time you retire or you separate from the service. Take those days you've earned them. They will serve you well. Um, From an emotional perspective, you know, meditate. Um, journal. Again, write that plan. What's the short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? Military is not going to be your life forever. Right. So what is that passion? What creates those sleepless nights that you're like, oh, I got an idea and I think this is going to work. What does that look like? You know, so meditate, pray, um, take walks, um, exercise, eat Mm -hmm. well, you know, those are physical uh, self-care options. When it comes to the mental, I tell people um, creating boundaries um, or when it, social media, it's okay to block people, unfollow people, unfriend people. Again, If your timeline is not positive or fruitful or helpful, then you have to evaluate who you accept friend requests from or what you're willing to tolerate. Looking yourself in the mirror and saying, I love you, you're worthy, and you are enough. Many times we, because we're, uh, the military is so competitive to try and pass the exams um, and make it up that ladder of leadership, and then if you get passed over because you didn't do well on a test or somebody didn't like you or whatever, you start to absorb that I am not enough. And we have to take that hat off of us, that mask off of us and say, we are enough, regardless if I'm in a uniform or not. Right. Um, and to not be so competitive that it creates that anxiety and depression. Okay. So we really have to evaluate things. So yes, I believe there's at least six categories professionally, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, mm-hmm. where it creates our well-being. So you need the self-awareness, first of all. Yes. yes. Then you also need the, for lack of a better word, the courage to say, I need to take care of myself. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And to say, hey, I love me enough to take care of myself and recognize that that needs to happen. When a person is 
growing bitter, isolating themselves, distant, anything just makes them snap. That's a problem. And it only comes from self-awareness and surrounding ourselves with people who will love us enough to tell us the truth to say, hey, you know what? You're not coming across with integrity or, or it appears there's more going on. Do you want to talk about it? Or maybe you should look into help. And again, take the stigma off of mental health where therapy and counseling are okay and support groups. That's another self-care option resources. Yep, absolutely. And take, like you said, take that stigma away of just, you know, it's okay to say, I need some help. Even yes. if it's, I need help in networking, I need help in running my business, I need help because I'm not okay mentally. And that's okay. You absolutely. Know, that's the first step to getting that help, right? I, I truly believe that people want to help you, whether it's, to provide advice, to give you a networking connection, or to listen and help you with your problems, but they don't know how. And I think that's the toughest thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And because like I said, in the beginning, as a military person, we are focused on the mission. We have colleagues who understand the mission as well. So it's an unspoken expectation. You do, you work on this. I work on that and we come together and things are complete or we're making headway. Now as a civilian, I can't turn, I have to build that network all over again. And it could be scary stepping into like a chamber of commerce meeting. You have all these civilians and they've been owning their business for years and you come in and you're the new kid on the block. And you know, how do you kind of blend in and make it work? I believe you've just decided not to blend in. You've decided to stand apart from the crowd. There you <laughs> right? go. Absolutely. At the and end that's okay. of the day. Yes, 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 yes. So just so that our listeners get a sense of what you talk about, tell us, you know, you are a, a paid motivational speaker. Tell us a little bit about the content of your presentations and what you prefer to talk about out there. Thank you for asking that. Uh, my presentations are tailored for, you know, individuals, corporate, anybody can get something out of, we all go through adversity, whether it's um, coming out of a divorce or dealing with domestic violence or losing a job or losing a loved one, that's adversity. And I know what that adversity is because I've experienced myself on several levels and have been able to get past it. And I just want to help people achieve that. But again, it's that self-awareness. So my presentations are centered around resilience, rebuilding, regrouping, uh, self-awareness, domestic violence, overcoming that. Healing is such a key factor. And I'm able to mold that into many of the presentations. I use based on, um, I have a master's in social work. And again, like I said, I was a certified alcohol and drug counselor. So I use a lot of psychosocial tools and assessments in my presentations as well. I love Maslow's hierarchy and Jahari's window. Those are self-actualization and self-realization tools um, to kind of help see the big picture Mm -hmm. and understand, okay, I'm not alone. 
So that's what people will get from my presentations and I can tailor them to the audience that hires me. Okay, great. And we, again, so we will link to your, uh, your organization, your inspirationallyspeaking.com in the show notes. And then would you like to tell us a little bit about your nonprofit? Thank you, Lori. The nonprofit is Unstoppable You, and that's Y-O-U, mm-hmm. Ministries, Inc. And we are, a little, we are about three years old and we are steadily growing and we provide emergency services, training, and supportive resources to individuals and families affected by domestic violence, human trafficking, and homelessness. And we are very big on that awareness piece because many people don't realize that one person could experience all three. I spend, I am the face of the organization, but I have an extraordinary board of directors that offer, that guide me. And we keep God at the center of everything. Um, We are a faith-based nonprofit organization, but we help everyone who is who's experiencing those issues there on average i could get two to three calls a week from family members or from the victim who need help um, from their situation so i spend a lot of time helping people with safety planning okay um or f- helping them get the resources and this is around the country so unstoppable in ministries yes i'm located in maryland however we are mobile based on our platforms and what we do, whether it's somebody in California or somebody in New York or Florida or what have you. And we have a plethora of resources. But again, it's about spreading awareness because many people don't know what domestic violence is or their, you know, human trafficking. How does somebody end up in human trafficking? Or why is someone homeless? They may not understand that that homeless man just lost his wife and he had a job which was paying really well but that depression set in to where now he's calling out and jobs can are only willing to hold on you for hold on to you but for so long before right. they have to let you go and then that individual finds themselves homeless so it's not always based on their lazy or alcoholics right okay I think that's great. And I will um, put some information about your organization in there as well. Okay. Thank you. So kind of uh, just bringing it full circle. If you think about your transition process, because again, you've followed a more non-traditional path. And I think it's important for our listeners to hear people that have followed different paths. What would you say are your biggest lessons learned from the transition process out of the Navy into what you're doing today? The biggest lessons learned, I would say, is don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to discover what you don't know. What you don't know is is what you don't know. Find someone that you can trust who can guide you. Mm-hmm. There's many resources that we mentioned, Lori, early in your show that can be of benefit. And again, you can always Google or Yahoo something. So don't let 
what you don't know stand in your way. Don't be afraid to pivot and restart. So for example, I was put in a small, you know, I put myself in a small box, you know, what's your target audience? Okay. They're going to be women. They're going to be 18 to 34 years old. Where am I going to find them? The shelters. Cause you know, I wrote a book dealing with domestic violence. Tomorrow, my sunshine will come. So domestic violence was a, a key topic for me at the time. I'm going to find them at shelters and churches will hire me that type of thing. But what I didn't realize until several years later that these nonprofit organizations don't have a budget for training, even though they have a need and a want for my services as a motivational speaker, right. they are a nonprofit and they don't think about the training aspects in order to help their, um, their audience, their participants. So many times... I'm having to sacrifice and accept things for free or to do things for free. But then at a, at a point, it becomes an expensive hobby and you have to make decisions. So just recently this year, I rebranded and now I'm going more towards the corporate organizations. I still help churches and shelters and such. However, I have expanded my territory and building on my leadership skills that I earned or learned from the military. So again, it's okay to shift. And I think a veteran by nature is a very selfless person, right? And so likely you didn't go into business and and start talking to those groups to become a millionaire. And it's hard sometimes to say, but I do need to pay the bills too, right? Right. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I think you're right, it's just assessing Mm-hmm. That you can have a passion project, which is right. what you do with your nonprofit, and yeah. you can have an arm of your business or your ventures that bring you income. And Absolutely. there's nothing wrong with that. So nothing wrong whatsoever. And it's all about self-discovering. Okay, this didn't work, but this did. Or mm-hmm. I can do this a little bit better. And then evaluating veterans. We come with so many skills. So I was initially just concentrating on the domestic violence piece because of my book and my personal experience. But then I'm like, wait a minute, 21.7 years is nothing to sneeze at. Being an E7 in the military, that's pretty good. I have some leadership skills. I have some resilient skills. Motivational interviewing. How did I get those service members under me to do what I needed them to do and be jovial and okay with that. Mm -hmm. Leaders, corporate leaders, they need that understanding. They need those skills. How do you use motivational interviewing to get people to do what you need them to do in an ethical way, obviously? Right. So yeah, I had to re- I'm like, Jennifer, you have a a treasure chest of skills that I can use and put into presentations. So yes, I talk on team building and sustainability and employee loyalty and customer loyalty and those type of things. Okay. 
Great. Well, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us today and you talking to us about the lessons you learned and as you kind of navigated this non-traditional path and, and being honest with us of, you know, it took some time for me to really become profitable and the pivots that you've had to make along the way. And I'll put it out there to everyone that pivots are okay. How many times did you pivot and change in your military career, right? So it happens all the time. And so it just is a change of direction and a change in your approach. And there's nothing wrong with that. So thank you so much for sharing that with us, Jennifer. I will send everyone to your website and everyone check out her nonprofit and her organization to learn more about what Jennifer can do for you. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Lessons Learned for Vets. If you learned just one lesson today that you believe can help smooth your path during your transition from the military, then I have done my job. If you haven't already, please click subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, leave us a review and share our podcast with your friends. Connect with me on LinkedIn and join the Lessons Learned for Vets Facebook community to tell me what lesson you learned today. See you next time.